Garden Basics with Farmer Fred is brought to you by Smart Pots, the original, lightweight, long-lasting fabric plant container. It's made in the USA. Visit smartpots.com slash Fred for more information and a special discount. That's smartpots.com slash Fred. Welcome to the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. If you're just a beginning gardener or you want good gardening information, well, you've come to the right spot. If you have a sprinkler system, a drip irrigation system, or a series of soaker hoses, how are you turning those systems on and off? If you're doing it by hand, maybe because you regularly get rainfall throughout the year, well, lucky you. For many gardeners who live in dry summer climates or are discovering that where they live, the rain isn't as dependable as it used to be, then automatic irrigation control systems are the way to go. And if you have one of those older irrigation control systems, perhaps one that has a few years on it, you might be amazed at how the newer systems can ease your watering chores even more. Many of the new irrigation systems are controlled with your smartphone, and they take the guesswork out of turning your systems on and off. Today, we talk with an irrigation specialist, Don Smith. He's the water management coordinator for the city of Folsom, California's water department. Not only will you learn about the features on the newest irrigation control systems, you just might discover how inexpensive upgrades to your watering systems can be thanks to grants and rebates. Oh, you didn't know about those? Well, stick around. We'll tell you. We're podcasting from Barking Dog Studios here in the beautiful Labutalon jungle in suburban purgatory. It's the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast brought to you today by Smart Pots. And we will do it all in just under 30 minutes. Let's go. California, as you're probably aware, is in a drought. There are water restrictions in place here. And in fact, there are water restrictions in place throughout much of the country where there is a drought. It's not just the Southwest. It's not just uh, California. It's many states, including even in the Midwest. And it really comes down to watering efficiently. How many of you have an irrigation control system? Probably many of you. But how old is that system? There are newer systems out there that would, as the kids would say, blow your mind because they can uh, do a lot that you don't even have to think about anymore when it comes to watering your lawn and garden. So we're going to talk about uh, updating your sprinkler control system, your irrigation control system, and maybe your irrigation as well. We're talking with Don Smith. Don Smith is with the city of Folsom. He is their water management coordinator. And Don, as uh, I say, drought is nothing new to California. Watering restrictions are nothing new. And it's all a carrot and stick approach. And for years, California and various cities such as Folsom have been offering some very nice carrots as far as rebates on some very nifty irrigation control systems. Correct. We've got a, um, a couple of programs going. We have a direct purchase program where we subsidize the purchase uh, of a new controller. Uh, the particular one that we're doing is called a Rachio, R-A-C-H-I-O, and it is Wi-Fi enabled. It is a whole new generation. It looks nothing like the controllers your father used. When you look at it, there's no dials, there's no buttons. It connects to your Wi-Fi. All the programming adjustments, uh, you're all doing it either through your computer or a mobile device. 
a phone or a tablet. It's very convenient. You know, I, I've been in this job for 20 years and 20 years before that, I was a landscape contractor and running sprinkler systems, you'd run back and forth. You know, you'd be in the backyard, you'd look at a system run and you'd run back to the garage to turn on the next zone. Um, with a ratio, you stand there with your phone and you turn what you want to turn on as you're looking at it. So that makes inspections and just checking out your system to make sure nothing's wrong with it makes it very easy. Also, too, they are there's smart controllers in the sense that they use current weather data to make their adjustments. They're downloading weather data from a number of sources, and it's pretty accurate to where you are. So it will use that data to determine how much water needs to be applied at a certain time. It, it works pretty well. Most of our customers who have taken advantage of the program are very happy with it. Yeah, irrigation control systems, as you mentioned, uh, make it easy if you're out doing repairs, especially if you have a drip irrigation system and you're fixing repairs and you want to turn on the system to check it out. You don't have to run back to the garage or wherever the controller is uh, to turn it on. And in fact, looking at some of the uh, smart irrigation controllers that are out there now, there are some that will even tell you when you have a leak. Right. The ratio, if you want to um, it's an add-on service, but they actually have a flow meter that can be installed in your line. Now, this requires some plumbing, but it learns what your normal flows are when your system's running. And when that flow spikes, which would indicate a break or a broken sprinkler, it will uh, notify you and let you know you got a problem so you can go check it out. I mean, most of us, our systems are coming on early in the morning, late at night. And we can have broken equipment that we never know about. The ratio flow meter will let you know you've got a problem. Yeah, that's very nifty. Uh, and uh, also many cities, including Folsom, uh, subscribe to the drop counter service that can let customers know how much water they are using on a day-to-day -day basis and when there might be a leak as well. Correct. Drop counter, the city of Folsom uses. There's several other providers, but it, it gives the customer a portal to look to see what their water use is. They can see down to the hour. Occasionally, we've had to talk to a customer who thought his water bill was too high, and we asked him how much he was watering, and he said hardly ever. And then we looked at the drop counter page, and we could see big spikes every night. <laughs> and he just wasn't aware it was coming on. So with that knowledge, you can correct problems before they get to be a big deal. And the portal, and almost all of them do it, but the drop counter portal, if it notices that water is flowing through your meter on a 24-hour basis, it will send you an email to let you know that you may have a leak somewhere. Many times, if you don't have this technology, uh, you know there's a leak when you get a big bill. It's definitely advantageous to be able to see that information early and to be able to take care of it. Yeah, if people uh, can find it, if they can find the manual to their uh, controller, and I've heard that right. story before, people say, well, I lost the, the manual. I don't know where it is. Or they'll <laughs> even say, I, I, I may have a controller in the garage somewhere, but there's probably a bunch of shelves in front of it. Well, that, that's a problem that needs to be addressed. 
Right. Well, that's one of my standard uh, lectures to homeowners is uh, make sure that timer is where you can get at it. Keep it clear in front so you can get to it because you you may not be installing a ratio or you may not be installing a smart controller that will adjust itself. And that means you need to get that timer on a regular basis to change the settings depending on weather, depending on the season. And if you've got shelves and boxes and all other types of things in front of it, it makes that difficult. Another thing that's really important is when the timer is installed, make sure it's right there at eye level for you, the homeowner. I've seen them down on the ground. I've seen them up by the ceiling of the garage. I worked with one gentleman and I asked him where his timer was and he pointed up above his walkthrough door in the garage <laughs> and it was right up next to the ceiling. And I asked him, why did you put it there? And he said, that's where the installer ran out of wire. So, uh, make it so that it's convenient for you to get to it. And when it's convenient to get to, you'll be taking, you'll be taking advantage of, of all of the functions that help it to be efficient. Do most of the newer systems have backup batteries in them? Well, you know, for a long time, there were nine volt batteries that would be in every timer. All that would do if you had a power outage, it would save the programming. It wouldn't operate the system, but it would save the program. So when the power came back on, everything just started up where it left off. But nowadays, you're getting these small lithium batteries. But usually there is some kind of a battery in every timer to protect it from power outages. And I would think with the more modern controllers, it would give you a warning when that battery needs to be replaced. Yes, they will. And the ratios will do that. They'll send you a message. You know, I mentioned that a lot of people would like to be able to change the uh, settings on their controller, but they have no idea how to do it and they don't have the manual. Well, the good news is here in the 21st century, uh, you can find the manual on the Internet. Oh, exactly. I tell people to do that all the time. Google that manual. You know, it, it's always interesting. I've talked to computer engineers that don't even want to look at the timer. Uh, here in Folsom, one of our big uh, businesses is Intel. And I, I teased a guy one time. I said, your company probably made the chip that runs that timer. So I, I think you need to learn to use it. Okay. So it was a case where he just didn't want to have anything to do with it. It wasn't a case of he wanted everything on the smartphone. Right. You know, I asked him where his timer was and he says out in the garage somewhere. I, I haven't looked at it. Don't want to look at it, which is a little bit of a foolish attitude to have. And, and some people just assume. It's going to be so complicated and difficult, I'm never going to be able to do the programming. And I've seen that happen where people have good systems, but they've just been intimidated by the timer. And, and they end up dragging hoses around their yard instead of using the system that's in the ground. And so it's just a matter of education. And, and a lot of times it's pretty common in a water district across the country. They'll have a conservation program and they have conservation specialists who will make appointments with you and come out and do a house call. And when they do that, they will take a look at your system. They'll take a look at your timer. They'll make sure that you understand how to operate it. And, and then they'll give you advice on good schedules to put in there. If, if you don't have a smart controller that does it automatically, they'll help you set up and, and give you some advice on what to do seasonally and how long things should run and when they should run and, and those types of things. I'm pretty picky about who I allow to advertise on this podcast. My criteria, though, is pretty simple. It has to be a product I like, a product I use, and a product I would buy again. And you know who checks all those boxes? 
It's Smart Pots. Smart Pots is the oldest and still the best of all the fabric plant containers that you might find. Smart Pots are sold around the world and they're proudly made 100% right here in the USA. Smart Pots come in a wide array of sizes and colors and can be reused year after year. Some models even have handles and that makes them a lot easier to move around the yard. Because the fabric breathes, Smart Pots are better suited than plastic pots, especially for hot climates. That breathable fabric has other benefits too. Water drainage issues? Not with Smart Pots. Roots that go round and round choking the root ball like they do in plastic pots? Doesn't happen with Smart Pots. These benefits will help you get a bigger, better plant than what you've gotten in the past with the same size plastic or other hard container. Smart Pots are available at independent garden centers as well as select Ace and True Value hardware stores nationwide. To find a store near you or to buy online, visit smartpots.com slash Fred. And don't forget that slash Fred part. On that page are details about how, for a limited time, you can get 10% off your Smart Pot order by using the coupon code FRED. F-R-E-D. Use it at checkout from the Smart Pot store. Visit smartpots.com slash Fred for more information about the complete line of Smart Pots lightweight, colorful, award-winning fabric containers. And don't forget that special Farmer Fred 10% discount. Smart Pots, the original award-winning fabric planter. Go to smartpots.com slash Fred. Let's continue our conversation with Don Smith. He's the water management coordinator for the city of Folsom, California. If you're trying to cut down your water bill and save water in your yard, one of the easiest places to start is with a new smart irrigation control system. Let's continue our conversation with Don Smith. In commercial agriculture now, because water is expensive, many farmers have installed soil sensors, soil moisture sensors, to help them uh, regulate the flow of water. And it makes perfect sense. And that seems to me to be the the best solution out there is to let the machine determine when the soil needs water. But how close are we that for home units? Well, there are soil moisture units for home use. There's four or five manufacturers. Some of the big ones have them and they're add-ons to the timer you already have. Not that complicated. The only thing I would caution people, in, in agriculture, you've got this big flat field and you can put that moisture meter just about anywhere and it's going to be representative of the conditions in the whole field. When you get to a home, you've got shady spots, you've got a slope here, you've got a tree there. So there are multiple different soil conditions throughout that yard. So you have to carefully locate it, you know, find a spot that is a happy medium for everything around your yard. And I've even talked to some people who combine the soil moisture meter with the smart controller that's using atmospheric weather conditions to estimate water use. While that's very, very good, it's still an estimate when they're looking at weather as as to how much water to apply to your landscape. The soil moisture meter is actually measuring moisture in the soil. So they will connect the soil moisture meter to the smart controller. If the smart controller makes a mistake and you really don't need as much water as it thinks you need, the moisture meter will override it and not allow it to water. So it can be a benefit. You just have to be careful where you locate it. 
can multiple soil moisture meters be used with a single irrigation controller? They can, and there are systems that do that, but you're you're going up in cost and difficulty of installation. Yeah, something like that would probably be best if you're doing a, a total yard rehab and you're going to start from ground right. zero. Right, or new construction, you know, getting those uh, conduit and cables there. There is one wireless moisture meter out there that I've heard works pretty well. You just got to stay on top of keeping the batteries changed. So it's kind of a twice a year you change the batteries and your smoke alarms, go out and change the battery and your moisture meter. There are some very interesting uh, and rather inexpensive uh moisture monitors that you can pick up like at Amazon. They sell for about 40 or 50 bucks and you can, you can plunk it into the soil, uh, wherever you want it and it will send a signal to usually via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth to a monitor, a gauge, uh, wherever you are in the house that lets you know what the current moisture level is and whether it needs water or not. And that's not a bad place to start. No, no, those, those work very well, but. You know, that's that's something that requires uh, homeowner participation. You know, like all of us, we get busy at times and uh, we may not stay on top of things like that. Even though we're getting the information, we may not make use of it and go out and make the adjustments to our controller. So I'm kind of a big fan of trying to get those changes and and adjustments due to weather um, as automated as possible. Uh, that's why I've become a big fan of the Wi-Fi controllers like Rachio. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're doing so much now, but in the past, the problem has been, well, that requires the homeowner to have a better working knowledge of the settings and, and how to adjust them, whereas if it becomes more automatic, they don't have to worry about it. Right. And, and you know, for a lot of homeowners, I mean, we have busy lives. If we manage to turn that controller off in the wintertime, we're probably ahead of the game as far as what other homeowners are doing. From a, a water district uh, point of view, where I'm trying to encourage people to be efficient and not use more water than they need to, I'm a big promoter of either the smart controllers or the Wi-Fi-enabled controllers. Exactly. And there are plenty of uh, uh, portable moisture meters that you can take around the yard to measure the soil moisture yourself and right. uh, and proceed from that point. But again, that that's audience participation, which, right. as you mentioned, people are busy. They want everything as automated as possible. But I, right. see, I foresee the day, and it's, I don't think it's that far in the future, when the soil moisture sensors will become cheaper and easier to install, and watering will all be automatic. Right, and uh, we're already seeing that, and in a lot of the technology, you can buy versions of the Wi-Fi-enabled units at the big box stores fairly inexpensively. If you're concerned about cost, there's ways to do it, and they all work similar to each other. We've had this program here at Folsom with the Rachio unit, and we've gotten pretty familiar with it, and through experience of having hundreds of them installed, um, have seen, you know, the reliability of it. So it, it just depends what way you want to go. Here in California, there are rebates galore for newer irrigation control systems. Check with your local water supplier. Check with the, the state of California, too, because there are combinations of rebates available. Correct. And it can and save you a lot of money. They will, you know. on The Rachio program is just one of ours. We have programs, if you just want to upgrade your entire system, uh, we have rebates uh, that will pay for 50% of the material cost. 
it's not just timers. It's everything you can put out there. Including more efficient sprinkler heads. Correct. Uh, drip systems, better heads. The majority of the sprinkler heads people have out there right now, if, if you're old enough to get this reference, I refer to that as the beta of VHS tape. <laughs> you know, back in the day when the tapes were a big deal, the, they started pushing this technology called beta, which quickly faded. Um, and I think a lot of the sprinkler heads are that beta technology, only they have faded. They're, they've been going for years and they'll continue going. And, and there's just better ways to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and if you are old enough to remember, you, you would maybe think like I do that Betamax was superior to VHS, but it was Sony's short-sightedness of not licensing the technology to other companies that uh, caused right. that downfall. But that, that, right. that that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, when I talk about sprinkler technology, I like to compare it to cell phone technology. I mean, when I was a contractor, the first cell phone I ever had was the size of a brick and looked like an old army walkie-talkie. And now you've, we've got these nice iPhones and smartphones. You, you can't even buy one of those old brick cell phones anymore. They're not available. But you can still buy the same old sprinkler that was being installed 50 years ago. Just because people are used to them, they're comfortable with them. You know, that's what my dad used, so that's what I'll use. When there are much better options out there like the rotary sprinkler nozzles. Uh, which are far superior to the misting spray heads. Exactly. Use much less water. Correct. Yeah. And for those who are maybe averse to Wi-Fi, to, to averse to uh, carrying their smartphone with them everywhere, I understand. I feel your pain. Uh, yeah. And a lot of these controllers, you can walk up to the controller and program it from the controller. Right. You don't you don't necessarily need the Wi-Fi or Bluetooth connection. If you want to be old fashioned well, about it, you can walk up to it and program it. Well, the, the Wi-Fi enabled ones, uh, that's difficult to do. They don't really make that easy to do. They almost require you to use the Wi-Fi settings. But you can get there's still plenty of standard controllers that are reliable, good technology. You just have to be conscious about making the changes yourself. There are dozens of models if you don't want to go all high tech, I would just say take a look at what's available. And and when you look at it, maybe go online and look at the manual and see if it makes sense to you. Does it seem simple to you? And if it does, go for it. The, yeah. the only thing I encourage people to do is at a minimum, make sure that you have multiple programs. And you'll usually see that by letter designations. We'll have program A, program B, program C. That's very important for the efficiency and how it operates because you can separate zones that need to be watered differently from each other. And, and each one of those programs can be set up independently of the other program as far as start times, as far as days of the week that it comes on. So you can separate a drip system from a spray system. And then also, too, along with multiple programs is you want multiple start times. Uh, that way, say, for instance, you need to get a half an hour water on, but you know after about five minutes it's all runoff. If you have multiple start times, you can divide that up and use a technique called cycle and soak, where you run for a few minutes, let it soak in for an hour, and then schedule another start time. And you repeat that multiple times until you get enough water into the landscape that you need. 
And you can do that without the runoff and gutter flooding of one big long run. Uh, that's that's what I encourage people to look at. Look for the multiple start times and multiple programs. And what's good, too, even with the uh, simpler controllers that are out there, they can come with a lot of add-ons that will turn off the system if it's raining or be able to uh, gather the weather report or have a calendar system based into it and will adjust your sprinklers automatically based on this extra equipment that you've installed with it. Right. And and that uh, the rain shutoffs are fairly inexpensive. One of the drawbacks was you had to have a wire from the sensor back to your controller. Well, they have wireless ones now. They don't cost a whole lot. And if it's wet, it will prevent your controller from turning on. Now all now, we need is rain. That's right. Well, in Northern California, the rain sensors, while still okay, are not quite as critical. You know, every year, well, actually, California has a drought every year. We call it summer. Yeah. And and I tell people when they ask me about the rain sensors here in California, is that the on-off switch is really all you need. Typically, I turn mine off late October, mid-November, depending on how the weather is. And they don't come back on again till March because we get cooler weather and that's when we'll get rain, hopefully get rain. But there are other parts of the country, like I grew up in South Carolina and it rains all through the year. So you want to make sure you're not watering while it's raining. And one of those rain sensors is just a great idea in those areas of the country. If you haven't upgraded your irrigation control system in a decade or so, you might take a look at what's available on the marketplace now and also check with your local water supplier. They may have some nice rebates involved for you to take advantage of when it comes to upgrading your irrigation control systems. Don Smith is the water management coordinator for the city of Folsom, California. Don, thanks for uh, giving us the lowdown on irrigation control equipment. Oh, happy to do it. Is it hotter or is it just your imagination? Oh, it's real. Heat waves across the country in the last decade are longer in duration and higher in temperature, and that includes both daytime and nighttime temperatures. And your plants are noticing it too, especially those popular ornamental shrubs that are more at home in milder climates, roses. Have you noticed that the blooms on your roses might be smaller than usual, that they tend to dry up quicker? And how about that rose foliage on the rose bushes? Does it look a little crispier than usual? However, there are some rose varieties that can thrive in the heat, especially if that rose bush is located near a hard surface and it's against a south or west facing wall where the heat is particularly strong. In the Beyond the Garden Basics newsletter, which comes out Friday, August 12th, Master Rosarian Debbie Arrington talks about those rose bush varieties that can take the heat. Find a link to the newsletter in today's show notes or visit our website, gardenbasics.net, where you can sign up to have the free Beyond the Garden Basics newsletter delivered to your inbox each Friday. Also at gardenbasics.net, you can listen to any of our previous editions of the podcast, as well as read a transcript of the podcast episode you're listening to now. That's at gardenbasics.net. For current subscribers, look for those heat-tolerant rose varieties in the next Beyond the Garden Basics newsletter. Again, coming out Friday, August 12th. It'll be in your email. Take a deeper dive into gardening with the Beyond the Garden Basics newsletter. And it's free. Find the link at gardenbasics.net. 
Garden Basics with Farmer Fred comes out every Tuesday and Friday, and it's brought to you by Smart Pots and Dave Wilson Nursery. Garden Basics, it's available wherever podcasts are handed out. For more information about the podcast, visit our website, gardenbasics.net, and that's where you can find out about the free Garden Basics newsletter, Beyond the Basics. And thank you so much for listening.